Ooh, this is a good Jewish Gentile podcast, is it? We got Mo Mandel, what? stand-up comedian, actor, producer, writer. Had an awesome show in Discovery Plus. You can look that up on your Roku TV thing, streaming, whatever, sure. uh, for a small town throwdown. Uh, this is Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one comedy business, business comedy podcast in the world. Pragmatic entrepreneurial advice and real raw dog talk. No apologies. Isn't that right, Lizzo? Suck my pussy from behind. All right. Okay. We get it. We're 2020's best small medium enterprise business advisory podcast in the United States and 2021's and 2021 best podcast and streaming entertainment studio Eastern United States the media invented uh, rewards hosted by Corporate Vision Magazine. Listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you listen with your ear holes. Give us a, a five-star review. Write us in. Any hole will do. Any orifice. If you can hear through your other holes, use that. If you can hear through your asshole, you can be a guest on this show. Hit us up, sweatequitypod.com, and we need video proof. This episode is sponsored by our new sponsor, <laughs> Gut Intelligence Test Perfect. Supplements. You want to know the flora and fauna? You want a gut biome diagnostic test? I want to know what's going on in my belly. I want to know what's going to tell me how I can optimize my life. Get 70% off Viome's gut intelligence test and supplements with our link for health insights, personalized food recommendations, and precision supplements formulated just for you. And you get to mail your poop to somebody. You get to mail your poop in. That's how they used to do it, the gut biome test. Uh, the link for that hookup is in the episode description. Let's get this party started. Party sweat equity. Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. I sweat equity. I, I, I sweat equity. What about my sweat? Mo? Yo, what up, man? How you doing, bud? What's up, man? Yeah. What's up? Sweet JCVD shirt. Yeah. You know what that stands for. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Jesus Christ. Very. You might as well be. (laughs) You used to me. Tell you that much. I mean, that's the thing for me. Love. John Claude Van Damme. Well, we we kind of it, so it's such a rejuvenating experience to sit down and just watch it. And what Mo doesn't know, this is a this was all a ruse. This isn't sweat equity. This is the JCVD podcast. Thought about doing it. We I just talked about, about actually dude, doing I it. I legitimately for four episodes had a podcast at the beginning of pandemic called John Claude. Shut Van Damme. up, John Claude Van Damme girl, and it was going to be. Uh, uh, action movie podcast. I made four episodes and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So you worked that out for me ahead of time. All right, cool. Well, did you I still have all I still have the artwork. You can buy it off. <laughs> <laughs> can you NFT it? Um what is right. the what is the what I love JCVD, not I don't think as much as y'all. What uh what did you glean out of those four episodes? Did you gain any insight? Well, I mean, you know, it was funny. I was I had sold a, a movie that I was getting paid to write that was an action movie right before COVID. 
So we were locked down, and I was just like going back and watching all these old movies. And my wife was like, yeah, you like watching these movies so much. You're so excited about it. Why don't you just do like a podcast about it? I was like, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. So I'll just have different comedians come on and we'll talk about, you know, our favorite old movies and our old. And then I realized like it was just sort of like guys like getting excited talking about a movie from like 1994. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? um, I just don't think you're going deep enough. I mean, (laughs) you know, like there's a checklist. That that scene where he broke the guy's neck. That was awesome. (laughs) Well, I mean, mean, Time Cop could be a whole season series of uh, episodes right there. There's such nuance to these movies that you got to pick up on. I mean. For one thing, John Claude Van Damme, he's got to be one of the most prolific actors. Uh, the guy was making action movies every year and a half for, I don't know, 40 years. How old is he? 81? I, I don't know, man. Dude, you, you, lit up like a pin, up. you lit up like yeah, a pinball machine. I haven't seen you this right. excited. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is How your, many other shirts do I have with actors on them? This is your Bo Jackson. Yeah. This is your Man Crush yes, Hall of Fame. I think you, you should take the take take the um, the torch and run with it. Although, you know what's so funny? Like with fucking podcasting like there's every idea has is being done so i was like oh right. sean claude van damme i looked up there's like nine other john <laughs> which one i know but we we do that because we have the comedy angle to be unique but it doesn't and even then like because we're so we're so in our head about this has to be original there's no cover bands in comedy and we try to carry that and everything else and it's like look there's uh, a lot of business podcasts out there. There's a lot of comedy podcasts out there. We're we're just happy. We're always saying like, if we just have a, a good amount of listeners, or just us two talking in a room for whatever amount of time to someone like yourself for just have a good conversation. You know, like that's good enough. John Claude shows his butt in like every movie. <laughs> yeah, we we could also just go back to John Claude. Me- yeah, mesh you know, shorts are a bad doing, idea. Right? That's what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, JCVD, dude. Uh, he he, seems, does, he does show his butt a lot. That had to have been in the contract. Oh, yeah. There is a lot of gratuitous oil that butt. He, he's, he, and no hair on his ass, I believe. Like, he's very hairless. God, no. He's almost Asian in that way. Yeah. Not in other ways. Nothing? <laughs> All right. Yeah. That, that took that to a screeching halt. Uh, in, in this climate, I, if anyone identifies anyone by any race or anything, I just sort of ignore. I don't even, I, I just, I just don't engage in any way. Cause I don't, I don't ever know how it be interpreted in like eight years. Mm. Are you that, are you yeah. that concerned with that kind of stuff? <laughs> no, not really. no, one, no one gives a fuck what I'm doing, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was, but it is sort of fine. Sometimes I do think about it. Like, cause I looked at, um, I had to submit a script the other day for something and, I, and it was only like six years old and I reread it and I was like, God damn, this is offensive. <laughs> like, this was like written for NBC racist and they were stuff. fine with it. Whoa. I was thinking about this today. Uh, calling people of color seems more racist than anything else. When I read that. Right. Thoughts. It anybody? might as well say colored people. Right. Like, I don't think what color were they? Why, why, why are we doing that? Yeah. Why is that a thing? Why do we keep talking? Why do we keep talking about it? You and me, I mean. I don't know, but I think us three white dudes should figure it We're out. We're going to get it figured out. What, we we got 20 three, minutes? three white guys should get it done. Well, at least you have the Jewish side to you. You got that. That kind of counts for something, right? Oh, that's always that's always been a, a, a real feather in our cap over the last 2,000 years. <laughs> Look, really I'm a out. Gentile that wants to be Jewish. I'm the most Jewish Gentile. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm, you brought me why, a Christmas present wrapped in uh, Star of David wrapping paper. So... <laughs> Well, why that's do you want to be? Well, Jewish? that's that's because it's regifted. <laughs> uh, um, oh, even you didn't even wrap it. Uh, no, I wrapped it. I'm, my rap, rap game's getting good. No, I I love I love uh, 
my Jewish friends, how they're, a lot of them are intelligent. A lot of them are very family oriented. Uh, usually have a good work ethic, you know, sometimes, sometimes pushed by fear or insecurity, but still, uh, what's uh, Jewish people is like, what, how many people, 2% of America, I think maybe, maybe where'd you get, where'd you get that number? Something like that. I don't know. I feel like I pulled it out of my ass, but I think, I think we all feel that maybe way. 0.2. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to look it up while we're talking. Why would we listen to the second one? How about this? Um, <laughs> how about this? I always love how, how funny almost all my Jewish friends are. Uh, they're not hysterical, but they like, not. <laughs> oh, I'm right. just saying, what are you trying to say? You're, they're mediocrely funny. <laughs> no, I'm just saying not all of them are fucking hilarious. They're not like, Gentile funny. Like, they're like, funny, but not they're not, funny. I'm Presbyterian <laughs> funny, which isn't very high on the ranking. It's what I'm saying is they're not as funny as Mo Mandel was what I was going to say. Wow. Well, uh, really? Way to bring got. the nose up on that. Uh-huh. That uh, that Jesus killing thing that was just a that was just a bit <laughs> yeah just jokes yeah Pontius Pilate was in on it dude he knew it was a bit <laughs> some people didn't was, get it look we were workshopping you know uh, I have a thing for Israeli chicks I love Israeli chicks I oh, think they're yeah. the hottest okay, Israeli Israeli chicks are hot yeah that's I, I love well, I don't know I I like the work ethic uh, but mainly I just, I really like the camaraderie even if they're if the a Jewish person isn't funny they recognize funny. I feel like I don't know. Yeah. And and everything like this is like really deep fucking every, everything surrounds on, on noshing. It's all about eating food. Yeah. And it really dovetails with the beginning of our conversation because John Claude, of course, <laughs> is is Orthodox Jewish. Of course. Yeah. Obviously everybody knows that. Yeah. Yeah. I, how does he He can, never takes the yarmulke off? Well, he has a hair colored it's the exact same as his hair. Makes a lot of the, sense. In the movies. If he's Orthodox, can't do electricity or anything. People that. don't know that. <laughs> on the on the Sabbath, so he's probably just kickboxing all day. Like he, no electronics, nothing. No no nothing from you can only turn on the Sabbath. He can only turn on the lights by jump kicking the screen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has to jump kick a gentile to kick it on. Yeah, right, it's a right. double kick. Um, look, man, uh, I'm glad we kind of reconnected. It's been a while since we've talked. I think the last time we hung out, you were doing the Tampa Improv, and all I can remember was the last episode of Breaking Bad. I think, and we were trying to figure out. You were, you were doing a show with uh, Mike Stanley, who was also a, a very good headliner. And I remember you being like, God damn it, dude. You can't put this feature on. He's fucking – he's not a feature. He's fucking headliner. And then I was like, let's go watch uh, Breaking Bad. And you're like, ah, I'm too fucking pissed. It was like a Sunday night show. It didn't matter at all. And he, I think you were like – I got. <laughs> I do remember that weekend. Yeah, because Mike is like – he is very funny. And he was like featuring, which he shouldn't have been doing. He was clearly trying to like make a statement to the club that he shouldn't be featuring. Yeah, <laughs> he would just go up there and like demolish for twenty minutes. Yeah, he like, would yeah. murder. And then it was like, but you, you, you put yourself in this own hole. You were murdering too, but you felt like you weren't. And I was like, I had to be like the uh, the battered ex, like the battered girlfriend. Like, no, you're doing good, man. You're, you're doing all right. Yeah, you know how it is. Dude. You know how we how insecure comedians are. Yeah, so yeah. But uh, I, think I think I get that metaphor. How you're a battered woman, but yeah. Well, you're just like, yeah, you're doing great, huh? You know, like. Uh, you know, I I, I try well, to. Sorry, be, were you afraid I was going to strike you? Right, I, exactly. I <laughs> what do we not so know sorry, about I, Mo? I need to put off the. Uh, what are you, Max Bear? Jewish boxer? Crack <laughs> <laughs> yourself up on that one, huh? That's a good pull. <laughs> Going back to 1912. <laughs> wow. Pretty, hey guys, that's a pretty good pull we, for me. Do, do we need to be here? Um, no, and uh, and and you've been good to me uh, since I was like a little jit jabroni comic. You know, asking you for advice and stuff. 
Yeah, you helped us get in the San Francisco punchline. So I like to be grateful when anybody comes on the show, if there's anything like that, that maybe I didn't say thank you for previously, like 2008 yeah, or something like that. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad I did that. I don't quite remember that, but that's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah, you were on like, weren't you on a tour? It was like you and Nick Hoff. Hoff and, yep. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We had the Walk of mm-hmm. Shame, and then we did one with that's right. Susan G. Komen. That's where I know you from. Before we realized Susan G. Komen doesn't do any research, and they're all about awareness. We didn't know that at the time. Right. Um, Are you aware you're using my shit? Well, it, I'm going to sue you. No, no, no. We were we worked with them. We went to the Dallas headquarters. Worked and for them. I had to write a business plan and send it to them to submit and all that stuff to work with them. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bunch of stuff. <laughs> you both are giving me like diarrhea face. Ew, you wrote a like business you, plan, dude. Yeah, for a tour. I, I dude, sometimes I look at myself doing these Zoom podcasts, and I have like a resting bizarre, like weird face, and, and I'm like, why am I doing it? I don't know what it is. It's like I'm squinting at the screen. So, so your natural face to what face. law was just, saying. You know, that was just <laughs> yeah. It's like I noticed that when I do any kind of like film thing. I was doing. I did like an episode. Well, you, you, you that's why we got in contact. You text, you texted me after that. I did Corolla. Yeah, and there's like, well, I'm listening to him talk in certain moments. I just noticed my face is like, like in this fucking bizarre. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's not resting bitch face. It's like resting, like dementia. Face, right? face. I just look like confused and sort of scared. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It. it well, first off, it's no, like, did no, he just say what I think he said? He it's looked, not a great like, look it's for just, a performer. It's it, like I'm almost mad, but I'm not mad yet. Say it one more time, and I, that's the face. Yeah, your listening face is bemused. It's uh, it's like confused, amused, not sure, somewhere in the middle, something like that. But uh, yeah, so then I try to I try to remedy it by purposely like kind of holding a smile on. <laughs> no, don't do that. Then that's you just psychotic, look like dude. Fucking idiot. Then you look like Hillary Clinton when she's doing like a speech, like. <laughs> <laughs> um. You were on Corolla. It was good. It was a, I listen every morning, uh, kind of as I'm getting up and stuff. So it was a good surprise to see you were on as a guest. You had an amazing Jackie Mason, uh, <laughs> gig. I, my, my worst gig ever was, uh, opening for him. And I was like, Oh man, I loved every second of it. If you can give the cliff notes, you don't have to do the whole thing, but just uh, you shot a movie with them that made. Yeah, but then you got to tell me yours though, because I don't. I don't know that story. Of course, I'll but, I'll, I'll tell you everything, and I'll sweat the whole time. I uh, yeah, when I first <laughs> basically got to, got an agent down in L.A., they happened to represent Jackie Mason, and I had told them that like you know my I was a huge Jackie Mason fan, even though you know he wasn't like you know big deal anymore at the time. Of course, fucking this was in two thousand nine, and so then at some point like that that year, like he he was producing some. Her like indie movie, you know, low budget, whatever movie. And they're like, Oh, you want to, you want to audition? So I didn't, I actually got it. And so I went and shot a movie with him in the Newark courthouse in Newark, New Jersey. Good, good place to film. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful place to go. (laughs) And I shot there for a month in the, in this one room. It was one of those fucking stupid movies that all takes place in one room. It was like Uh. a 12 men rip, uh, you know, satire. That's right. And it was just ridiculous. Like, I think he was only there because his wife wanted to do it, was producing it. He didn't even, I don't think he even had read the script. He wasn't, <laughs> he didn't have the lines memorized at all. They would kind of have to feed him like line by line. It was ridiculous. Well, my favorite part is when you tell him you're a comic and he tells you to tell him a joke, right? Yeah, like every day I would tell him because I knew his act by heart. I still know his whole his whole like special by heart. You grew up like, listening to him for your parents, I think, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. I mean, for Jewish people of a certain generation, Jackie Mason is like the biggest deal. Yeah, he was such a big deal for like Jews of my parents' generation. Caddyshack too, bro. Yeah, all the way. 
Yeah, yeah, Caddyshack too, exactly. And like all the stand-up and stuff. So I would always tell him like, oh, you know, I'm a comedian. He'd be like, oh, yeah, you're a comedian? And he would never remember. And then finally the last day, <laughs> he goes, okay, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke. And so I did my best joke of the time, which I thought he would like, because it's kind of a rip-off of one of his jokes. So I was like, oh, I got a friend who's half black and half Jewish. He can open a history book up to any page and go, fuck. <laughs> and he just goes, he just goes, you know that joke's only funny because you say fuck. <laughs> that's the Whoa. that's and he's so funny to me. Right. No, I mean he's, he's right. Kind of right. I tried it many times without saying fuck, and it never really got the same. Part. Oh, weird. Yeah, uh, instant my, feedback. My only way I on that's when I heard that, I, I I have thought about that since I heard you say it on the on Corolla's podcast, and I was like. You know, the only thing I could think you could do with that joke was like the Mike Birbiglia think fuck, but don't say it. Like, you know, how you kind of would dance around it, but pretty much say it, say it in a different way without actually saying it. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know, another funny thing about that joke is that is the only joke that I know of that somebody just outright stole from me. There used to be this guy wow. at the comedy store who was like a I don't know if he was a door guy, but he was like a low-level comic who would hang on the comedy store in like 2010 uh, or 2011. And I remember him starting to do that joke. I'm like, dude, just so you know, like I did that on Comedy Central like six months ago. <laughs> so it's probably not the best joke to do this steal. And he's like, oh, no, I didn't steal. No, I, I have a cousin who's half black and half Jewish. I was like, oh, all right. I had a dude. It's a little weird that it was worded exactly. And, yeah, like and it. a book. I have a book. I had a dude steal a joke from me in the same show and then do it. Like I was hosting at room five on the, on La Brea. Um, yeah. It was LJ Montenegro, I think was his stage name. Um, and like huge jacked black dude. And I had a joke about like, I think it was about like um, something about like uh, rappers give a shout outs for, for MLK, Malcolm X and stuff. Why don't they should be. Oh, I know that joke. I love this joke. <laughs> give a shout out for Lincoln and just like rain, make it rain five, $5 bills. He got up, did the same thing verbatim. And then I was like, he's too, he's bigger than, like, he could kill me. <laughs> so I was like, I remember. Everybody in the audience was like, ha, 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 yeah. He just he's funny okay again. Just yeah, doing he's, the same joke. He like, yeah, he def jammed it up and like, and it did better. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> it did better. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, that joke's awesome. I can see that now. And I, I was like, it. I would think I was like. Well, it's also because. The joke is hilarious. I always like that joke, but it is funnier for black guys than white guys. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it is sort of like a better point. Well, is it funnier that he did it because you already said it too? Well, I think I it think might that's, be. That's actually pretty. Funny. I think no, it's pretty funny. fucking funny that he actually said it. Twice. I don't think the crowd realized that's not cool. <laughs> I think they're just an LA crowd. They, we're lucky to have them in though. there. Um, I actually I think it would be I fucking hilarious. That guy, <laughs> it, was, it was just yeah, like I know that guy. He, he is humongous. Yeah, um, oh, and he's—I don't know. It was just like. Did he know he was doing that? And he just came off like really positive. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to handle this at all. I think I was Dude, like three years in of doing stand-up. It was so funny. The other day I got a chance to open up for uh, Hassan Minaj. And he was doing this huge theater of like two shows of this place. It's like 2,500 seater. And I hadn't seen him in a while. And, and you know, he's got the – Hassan does this whole show now where he has like multimedia components. And it's like a whole one-man show. And right before we go on, he's sort of like – he asked me, he goes, oh, so what does your wife do? I'm like, oh, uh, she's a urologist. He's like, he's like, oh, I, I go, he goes, oh, man, I'm about to talk a lot about urology. He's like, because uh, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I do all this fertility stuff that I've been doing. And a lot of my, my act at the beginning is about that. I'm like, wait, 
you're about to talk about fertility stuff? I was like, that's exactly what I was about to talk about the whole time. Oh, He's shit. like, oh, yeah, don't do that. I'm like, oh, oh shit. So <laughs> right before I go on stage, I had to like completely scrap the 15 minutes I was going to talk Ooh. about. And it went fine. It actually went really well. But I was just like, thank God I didn't talk about it. Because the first 10 to 15 minutes of his thing <laughs> – it and it would have been so similar to what I was talking about. What, and what's, I would have felt so weird. terrible. What's so weird is we're kind of all up in our own head, it, not to be organized to even like kind of check in on that, even though it feels weird. Even if you're the headliner saying it to someone like, hey, what are you going to talk about? Because you're like, eh, I should be able to talk. I should be able to navigate anything kind of if you're headlining. But at the same time, it's like when your urology is pretty specific. I know, but I'm saying like, right. But there it. are guys that come that you open for that will be like, what are you talking about? And you're like, I'm right. like, I don't, I don't know yet. And they're like, we're going on in five minutes. I'm like, ah, it'll come to me. And I'm like, well, the thing is like, ordinarily, I'm sure he wouldn't give a fuck. And I wouldn't give a fuck if I was headlining. But he, since he has a multimedia show, it's like, oh, right. It's like scripted. Like there's music cues, there's sound cues, there's video. So he couldn't just not do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, if yeah. I would have gone up there and been like, man, you know, it's so hard to get away from the ovulation cycle. And, this, and then he talks about that. It would have been so annoying. I'm so glad I didn't, that he told me that. Or like, but I was able to change it. 15 minutes, it was easy. It was still a great set. It was easy. But it was still like, oh, shit, that would have been. Yeah, f- fifteen minutes for you. I mean, you. I, I do uh, remember you uh, ha- were kind of prolific and uh, having so many jokes and just being like a factory and kicking them out. Like that's got to be kind of nothing for you. Like at this point, especially you've been doing it how long? Twenty years? I think it's like six thousand years now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, feels like six thousand. Out of the twenty years, I know we were. You said you saw what I wrote on Instagram, but yesterday was. I know I don't think it's been twenty. Maybe six, you just came years. in from Canada. You're punched. Yeah, you're it a little was punchy. the worst flight experience I think I've ever had. Ooh, let's get into it. Tell me, it tell us. Fucking nightmare. Dad hate. When I hear so it. I get picked up in Edmonton, Canada, where it's like negative a thousand degrees, like five fifteen in the morning. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah, you realize for- like when you're booked in the cold places in the winter time and the hottest shit places in the summertime, you're like, I gotta I gotta step it up a little bit. Yeah. You know? But the weird thing is those are the only those are the best times to go because more people right. come to the club. Right, right. No, but you're right. it is it is taxing on your uh, physical well being. So I get to the airport at five forty five. My flight's at like seven. So I should be fine, you know? Uh-huh. And or maybe it's even at 7.30. But it's one of those things where, like, I couldn't check in on the machine because American Vax cards are not the same as Canadian Vax proof. What? So I had to wait in the checkout line. Mm-hmm. It, it's like an hour-long wait. By the time I get up there, my plane leaves in 45, 43 minutes, and their rule is you have to check in 45 minutes before. I'm like, but I literally couldn't because your fucking lines. So I missed that flight. It was a nightmare. So then they're like, all right. So instead of flying from Vancouver to Portland, where I was going, they're like, you have to fly from here to Calgary, to Vancouver, to Seattle, to Portland. I mean, just something insane. It was like, it was just going to be like a three flight monster. And I was like, this is crazy. So I fly to Calgary, wait around for three hours. Right as I'm going through security, they cancel my flight. So then I have to like wait another three and a half hours to take another flight to fucking Vancouver. I think it was like the whole day ended up being like a 15 hour journey. It was just unbelievable. How were the shows in Edmonton? I hear that's they like the good. Texas of uh, Canada. Like it's that's very, what they say, yeah. very rednecky kind of, well, um, you know, Canadian rednecky. I mean, is not Tampa redneck. Whoa. Right? Whoa. You know? Hey, shots. They're fired. still North of Minnesota, <laughs> but right. It's like, they still are like, 
you know, free healthcare yeah. education. So like, I feel like every rednecky thing of Canada, like that just kind of brings it down to like, like Connecticut here. Yeah, exactly. It's a PG 13 Texas. That's the way I thought about it. Like it's just yeah, a, that's ve- a, good way to think a watered it. down okay. kind of, uh, you know, kind of a quieter redneck. Um, it is one of those funny gigs and you know, like where, like I have been to Edmonton now twice. I can't say I've ever seen more than the four blocks around the mall. <laughs> you know, like, like you just stay near the mall, you hang out in the mall the whole time, and then it's like so many cities I've been to on this comedy journey, and I really only know like the four blocks around the club and the condo. Yeah, it's well, kind of you forget how like you think you're gonna you, you you'll have these moments where you're like I'm gonna you know what I see the world this is gonna be different I'm gonna see the city this time and then you're like. Fuck, I'm fucking tired. Like, I'm I'm gassed. Two shows. Like, how much is three. an Uber to yeah. downtown? Right. Oh, yeah. 20 bucks. No, I don't think I'm doing And your friend's like, hey, bro, what time you go on? I'm like, the show's at 10. Just go at 10. Like, I can't. I don't know. Don't. I'm not giving you a minute marker. You're never that punctual ever in our friend. You know, like that kind of shit. And they're like, you want to hang out before the show? No. No, I don't. I yeah. No, I'll be pacing around or doing nothing. I want to sleep. You yeah. know? Um, what? How are you before a show, Mo? I want to say pensive. <laughs> Depends. I mean, if like if I'm just sort of like you know working on some new shit, then I'm not. I don't know. It kind of depends. Like if it's a scary ass room, like most you know rooms, you know usually you know you feel like you can do your thing, but there's some rooms where you know that like they're just not going to be into what your really your your vibe is, and so then a, it'll be a little more nerve wracking. Until you get them going. I like going through the room a little bit, not and just kind of feeling it, just feeling like even before the show starts, I'm like, you can kind of get a feeling like this crowd's going to be rowdy or this crowd's going to be tough or tight or whatever, whatever that is. But you're like, oh boy, this. And then you, and then you put like a donut on your own bat. Yeah. But you seem, uh, you do seem a lot more chill. I don't know if that's the sleep deprivation, but. Uh, you do seem like you have a more chill demeanor now. Is that is that because you have a successful podcast, the full release with Doctor <laughs> Successful Podcast? We haven't done in a year. I don't know. Uh, I was pulling up. I was pulling up all the like. What plugs do you have? Uh, oh, I, I'm really focused on building my my YouTube thing right now. So people go to Mo Mandel on YouTube. I'm putting up a lot of different stand up clips and videos. And part of what I was doing at Edmonton is I filmed. Uh, my new hour, so I'm hoping that between that and some other tape, I can try to like submit to try to get like a, a special or something like that. Nice man, so, or awesome. or do the YouTube route like all the New York guys are doing, you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe that if I can get the the numbers up. But I don't know. It's interesting. Why did I seem chiller? I you know I guess. I mean, I'm married. I'm happily married. I got a great wife. Uh, you know, I'm a little older, so probably chemically, I'm a little more chill. But yeah, I, I don't know when the Mo last Mandel, time we saw each other. Chill. I mean, trying to think what I was doing. I was Tampa. Was I still drinking? No, no. I'm, I'm also. I'm talking like all interactions, not just like the last time I saw you uh, in person. But like, you know, you had you had some energy to you. I'm saying like this is a, a more a chill ver- a McConaughey version of of Mo. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of McConaughey comparisons lately. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad if, you picked up on that. Anybody yeah. watching this on video is like, uh, when will they say it? God They're damn like, it! How did they get McConaughey? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, well, um, how was that show you were doing? Small Town Showdown. I really loved the premise of it because I really. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the Tampa in me, but I, you know, I always used to get mad. Like we'd watch ESPN. They never do any small, small city highlights. Cause it doesn't 
doesn't help their bottom line kind of thing. Like they'll be like, and the Bucks lost again. We'll show you one highlight kind of thing. And you're like, fuck. Uh, so I always have this weird like reverence for these small cities, especially after touring like in Texarkana. Uh, and like everyone's like, you're like the mayor of the town if you do a show there that doesn't have comedy or anything. Um, I'm wondering how that show went for you. Was it fun? Was it exhausting? Yeah. I, well, uh, small town throwdown was throwdown. Fuck. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. You were very close. You got the first the first part of it, and that's well, that's really the most important part. Um, that show was an idea I had for years, and I was trying to get like get it going. It's, the idea is that you go to these towns that have like really bad reputations. And give the town a chance to kind of like redeem itself. I love that. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It's known as like the you know the grossest town in America, or the ugliest town, or the I most love, unhealthy town. Love you know, it. There's always Lubbock, Texas was a, a, a yeah a most Lubbock dangerous as, town. Yeah. It was the last. What episode. was Lubbock known as? The uh, I can't even remember what that one was. It was that we is? went to Appleton, which was the drunkest town. Lubbock was. Uh, it, I, I want to say it was like the most boring town or something. something yeah, like most that. boring town. You're right. You're right. You're so, right. Something was the most boring town. So anyway, we shot those two cities and then, and it was great. And Discovery Channel was loving them. And then fucking COVID hit. And then they just fucked it. Damn. You know, all of a sudden you couldn't travel anywhere. But those two episodes that we shot, I'm very proud of. You can still see them, I think, on Discovery Plus, And they're really good. I, I, was, I, I remember you posted it. I watched, I watched yeah. the Lubbock one. I was like, that's, that's, uh, that's an awesome idea. I, I like that it has a, an actually optimistic turn to it other than, you know, yeah. where a lot of shows aren't like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm from a tiny little town myself that is often re- reviled and stuff. So it was, uh, <laughs> Gary, Indiana, not Gary, Indiana. That would you're, count. You're that, Northern, that is, Northern California. It would have been right? awesome if it was, you're like yeah. out, you're North, North of the Bay area, California. Right? Yeah. Um, Small. Mendoc- Mendocino County is the town, but the town is called Boonville, California, Boonville. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just like this little kind of burg nut- tucked into the mountains and stuff. And yeah, people would give a lot of shit around there. And, uh, you know, you grow up and always having to get appreciation for your hometown and then realizing that sort of being missed by people who are around it. So that was kind of the emphasis for the show. It's a real bummer didn't go too, because not only was it super fun and you got to try all these cool things in the towns, but like I would, I was writing articles for USA Today for each town we went to. Nice. It would have been like awesome. a really cool thing, but the paper everybody gets at their hotel. Yeah, I, I know. Fucking uh, good old COVID. That's probably the biggest tragedy of the whole COVID pandemic. Is that show, I totally, agree. totally, totally, totally agree. I think that's a, First thing I think that's a fair. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, and then it, my grandma, and then you know then. Bigger shows, number one. Right, right. But she she probably had a lot she more time on her about this show only got the last for like a few months. Well, the show was obese, so it had, you know it, it couldn't survive it anyway. Right. That's true. Co- comorbidities and whatnot. You guys probably beat COVID after a few weeks down there in Tampa, right? Hey, I I go on stage and say fucking everybody should thank uh, Floridian because we're the goddamn petri yeah, dish yeah. Uh, test test state, right? You know, like welcome. And then I, you know, all this. We live in a weird misinformation, disinformation age, and it's like – I just remember like, oh, man, I really can't trust anything when they showed the beaches here. And it was like not only was it at an angle where uh, people were really spread apart, but if you take it at an angle, it looks like everybody's bunched together. No, What beach have you gone to where you want to be around that many people, A, right? And then B, they found out the picture was a stock picture from another beach – in, years like ago, seven years ago, yeah. right, right. Beach so it's like the cleanest place there is. Everybody knows that. 
So we I, it's funny when I went to school in San, I went to college in Santa Barbara and the brochure is like God. you see the oh, dorms is like gorgeous view of the ocean and then you go there and you realize they shot it at the exact angle so you don't see like the five oil derricks <laughs> of the thing it's like how did they use this special really? camera that I, I always thought Santa Barbara is beautiful every time I it I've is been. beautiful but by the college there are just oil derricks all out there on the horizon. Oh, and they man. somehow magically shot it in a way where you didn't see them. It was pretty, pretty impressive little piece of photography. Well, every time I've gone, I, I think my only analysis with the, of the students there were they wear hoodies and cargo shorts, all the guys, ev- yeah. everywhere. And then every time I've gone, I think I've done the wine tour where you go up the hill and go down all the way. You can go like Fez Parker, and then you keep bouncing around to all the wineries around there. So uh, my memory is probably not too great. Uh, but what do you do? What do you do with this show? Because to me, I'm frustrated for you. It's a good show. I don't know. Can you I kick mean, it around? We don't know how this stuff works. Well, the problem is like, I mean, A, it's just so frustrating. Because, I mean, it was years and years and years of trying to sell that show. We had like one producer and he couldn't really quite get it going. He was good, but he just didn't quite have the connects, I don't think, over there. Or maybe things changed. I don't know. And then, because when I was first trying to do it, we couldn't even get a pitch with Discovery. And finally, we went to, I do it to these other producers, and they brought this other guy. Anyway, so it was like a huge process. They gave us money to shoot like a sizzle, which we shot in Kalinga, California, where I was doing all this monster trucking and like the mud, which was really cool. And then, so they gave us the money to shoot those two episodes, those two cities. Um, but the problem is like, once they ultimately, you know, they couldn't do it for, you know, so many of these things are like the, the, the momentum. And once they have to kind of shut down the momentum because they can't do it, and then you revisit it like a year and a half later, and I don't even know if you could still do it now, I mean, the way things are going now, you know? Well, I was going to say, you know, a lot of comedians lament doing stuff for uh, a network because there's a lot of externalities they can't, they can't control oh, yeah. it, right? Totally. Yeah. Um, you're trying to make it a cheap show too, right? You want to have the, the best profit margin you can. That's why Netflix bought up all those stand-up. Uh, I can't tell you to make it yourself. Well, they're like right, but it's like yeah, I know where you're going, and I thought about doing that, but that shit is just like it's just do a so mini version. But what, what about a mini version of it where you're going to Edmonton? I'll pull up your tour dates if you want, but you're going you're going to Plano, Texas, right? Like make it a, a make it a short, just make it yeah. a couple minutes. It's now a four minute thing. Yeah, and. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I, I could do, do that. a couple of those. Do ten of them. And I, whatever. I, I, I didn't just, even put it. I, well, I didn't even put it together. You leave your camera on. Yeah. You can get four minutes of shit over two days. And you Easy. could probably look at the Wikipedia of the city and try to find a couple interesting things. Plus, you're sharp on you're sharp on your feet. Like there you, go. you can do it. You can easily kind of write on the fly. Um, well, it's in, yeah. And, I know. It, and if we sort of like, it, and this probably brings it back to more what the show is generally about. It's like the economics or whatever of like all this stuff but i i feel like i'm in like this sort of place where i spent so much of my time over the last like 15 years like trying to write scripts trying to sell shows and that's kind of what i've got the most success at like with that show i had on, on uh, true tv for a while that's probably like where i was able to financially you know profit the most for how much time i was doing for how how much i was getting for it but now it's like, yeah, it is frustrating to like put all this time into like shows or scripts, and then if they get canceled or this, then nothing. Then you you got nothing at the afterwards, you know, on a show like that. So I'm like, well, is it better to just put all that effort and time into trying to do like you're saying? The problem is, for the first long time, you're not going to get shit, and you're just going to lose a lot of money doing that, like you know, editing your own. But the reason you know, I'm I'm pushing it 
only as uh, uh, the advisor you didn't ask for is that um, – because you want to bankroll it? No, You're no. Rebranding. No, you want rebranding you, it now. You had an inertia to do it. You had the idea for a reason. I didn't really put it together. I knew you were from a small town. So you have that that thing like, hey, this isn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be just because it's a small town. You know, like there's good there's there's good in everywhere kind of thing. It's, and it, now there's post-COVID. Now yeah. you can see what the small towns are doing post-COVID. And, oh, and, yeah. you guys all had to work for home. No, yeah, I, I mean, think it would be super tons. interesting for sure. I, I, I definitely think it would be super cool. Do it in 15-second clips to start with. Just go, like, when you're in Plano, just go, all right, I'm going to – seriously, like, do it for stories. What was 15-second clips? Like, they say Plano, Texas is this. It's not. Good night. Thank you, know, you. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm thinking about it in the position you're putting it out in, and, like, if you can kind of make it – or a story, a legit story, kind of told in 15-second chunks where you're not – but you're going like, I'm going to have it be three minutes. It'll be a three-minute video on YouTube. Um, but let it be unedited. If it, there's anything we learned in COVID, the AV quality pales in comparison to like what if it's actually entertaining, right? Sure. Or interesting. Or like infotainment a little bit too because you're, you're telling people about these places that – they might think is a fucking road stop, right? No, it, it, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, I think it's sort of like it's mentally having to get around that, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I can sit there and try to write a script for a year, and I feel like, well, the good thing is, you know, eventually I'm going to bring this out, See, I, sell this, and we get some going. But doing this stuff, it's like, yeah, you just have to do the nuts and bolts of the shit, and you have to put it up there and have nobody watch it, and then just have to keep yeah. on doing it. We do the same exact shit. Yeah. yeah. It's tough. Yeah. It's because it's, it's for mentally. yourself. It's because well, it's for you. And It's hard to mentally, and that's why I've stopped doing my own podcast, because I just feel like it's just frustrating. It's like, it seemingly is impossible to get anyone to really listen to it. It's so hard to get on, you know, the big podcast that can launch it. Oh, that's, that's fucking, that's a whole other ball game. Like, to get, like, on the Apple list and shit, like... The new guy, guy, guy was on Corolla. How when we were on Corolla? Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, my my thing is like one doesn't good point, good point. one doesn't take the other's place, right? You can still do all the things you're doing. I'm yeah. sure you can find you know pockets of time. If anything, on the road, you have these weird amounts of time to like. At least you're doing something productive, and I'm willing to bet because this is how I roll. Like. The more stuff I'm doing in the right direction, even if it's not getting the exact result I want right away, it helps me do other things, right? So sure. while you're For doing sure. that, it might get your brain moving to do the script or, or a scene from a script because you're out there observing stuff. No, no, you're absolutely right. In fact, I have a video on my YouTube right now called Live from the Edmonton Mall that I edited all together in the airport yesterday. There Perfect. you go. I was sitting around wanting to you go. Already well, did it's pretty the, good. You already did the template. You already have it. You just did it. And yeah. do it for you anyway. You do jokes for yourself kind of on stage. We all do. It's good right? for your brain. I, do, I do jokes for, for pussy. Oh, that's right. I, I, I met my wife. That's how you get a doctor. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I literally, yeah, I, I met my, yeah, I met my wife at a comedy show. So my whole goal has always been to just do comedy, to make a, a girl who makes a lot of money fall in love with me off these sweet, sweet dick jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she's like, I know about dicks. And you're like, right. I and know dick jokes. Doctor. Yeah. Right. yeah. What, um, what is it? I'll, I'll tell the we'll, – we'll, we'll ask you the question we ask everybody the first time on. I'll tell you the Jackie Mason story real quick. I, flew, I got flown back. I lived in L.A., got flown back by a family friend who was booking Jackie Mason at the Strass Theater, which is a big theater here. And I was like – he thought I'd be a draw for some reason <laughs> to this show. 
Uh, Jackie Mason, this is probably 2010, 2009, somewhere in there. So I've been doing it four years, five that's years. Like, so that's like right around the same time I, I shot that movie. Really? He was really, yeah, he was really busy that year. Um, uh, well, it could be 2008. I don't know. I pushed this memory out. Uh, it is the worst gig I've ever done. So it's like 4 p.m. <laughs> showtime, something like ridiculous. You're like, this is really leaning into the old crown. Mm. Now I get up, now it's like, you're going to do 10 minutes. And I'm like, dude, I don't have 10 clean minutes. Like I don't. I don't have 10 minutes for this crowd. He's like, you're going to be fine. You don't worry about it. Like the guy who booked me, family friend kind of thing. And I was like, okay. And my dad, who's never seen me do stand-up, brings his three best buddies that know I'm doing stand-up. They've never seen me. They don't think I'm funny my whole life, nor does my dad. And so so they're trying to be supportive. The theater, what do you think, 2,500-seater? Bigger, maybe something. You feel like I was there, but I was. You sell Segura there, right? Oh, Strat Center. Oh, that's right. Jesus, that so makes it worse. It's a big theater, right? Ugh. House lights are up. I can see everybody. <laughs> the first five rows, no one's sitting in. My dad and his, four, his three friends, four, I, they're center. The first people like from cut the out, like pretty highlighted. much. It was like it might as well be oh. the halo around them. I can see everybody has either no hair or blue hair. There's no. Oh my god, that must be the oldest. Plus, Jewish crowds are generally horrible because oh. they are so hard. Jewish crowds because they don't drink. They're mm. too smart to laugh at the hacky shit. They're too oh, uh, politically so. correct to ra- to laugh at the fucked up shit, and they're not going to laugh at the dirty stuff. Right. Like, I don't. It, it's really tough. Right, especially at four p.m. and look, me being like. 60 years younger than Mason at the time yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so they're not going to like your rap joke. No. And I probably, I think I did like that material. Cause I was like, this is, all, <laughs> this is my A stuff. My Whatever, man. Pluckers, every time I hear it, I remember being in, in the, in the, uh, in the dressing room, like I'm going to, I've never been this nervous to puke, but I might puke. Um, get out there, bomb. Jackie Mason, like gives me like a, like a, I pass him. Like, I don't even get to shake his hand. Like, he just gave me like a like like a, like a fat kind of thing. We I can picture it perfect. As he walked by, gets up, does the hackiest fucking what you think he would do? Fucking murders. The place is alive. It is Def Jam Central in there. It is like the Apollo Theater fucking crushing. That's pretty impressive because he was eighty at that time. Yeah, he must have been seventy nine or eighty. I mean, that's pretty to fucking come big. back. From your shitty set. Yeah, to have to bury your gorgeous old shit. I know. Set. You have to dig out. It was like the good old days. The temple. You had to rebuild the entire temple after God. you burned it to the ground. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. If Jews you haven't suffered enough. Yeah. How did they die? I, so I was at Robbie Sloak's wedding in Catskills uh, when he died. And I was trying to figure out. I think he. I was trying to figure out when, how old he was. I think he was 83 when... Uh, he was he, when I opened for him. Holy yeah. fuck! Because it was That's just a crazy. weird, weird kind of coincidence. I was in the Catskills at basically a comedian summer camp wedding kind of thing with uh, Robbie Sloak and Casey Balsham, and uh, and like I've never been up there, uh, Upper New York, and he died. And I was like, ah, oh, it's so fucking weird. All that kind of weird energy. Around. It is weird. My dad was a a waiter in the Catskills and he said he, he used to see Jackie Mason coming up to those. My dad was a waiter at those, uh, those old resorts and stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it, not what I. It was, it was kind of weird. A uh, weird kind of. I don't know. Maybe for maybe it's the Florida in me. I just never been up in that area. I don't think I have either. Yeah, I've never been up there. Either. But that's a pretty crazy story. You know, I had a similar one. I opened for Julio Iglesias twice, and that was just also a fucking <laughs> what? nightmare. What? Yeah, and it was uh, not Enrique. His dad, Julio. No, dude. I literally got Iglesias like, IR there. My mom. I had like an agent at. <laughs> or CAA at the time or somebody was hip pocketing me or something and yeah like, that's where my like, agents were too yeah yeah they sent it and they were <laughs> like well I'm not with them now if it makes you feel better <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do your own thing man I'm not you're, with them you, now you're gonna take so, the bull by the horns you're gonna do your own shit so the guy sends it to my manager he's like Julio Glace. I'm like he's gotta be wrong it's gotta be Gabriel right he's like no let me check goes, yeah, <laughs> my, manager, my manager goes yeah no I think it's Gabriel and he checked he goes no it's Julio so I, same thing, my parents brought my uncle and stuff to the see me open for him. And my dad, you know, they'd already seen me, whatever, but they were like, my dad said he remembers thinking, oh, he's going to fucking bomb because he was in the bathroom and he heard these people. No, no, I did bomb. And then after <laughs> I was off stage while Julio was up there, my dad said he was in the bathroom and he heard people in Spanish complaining that Julio was doing too many songs in English. <laughs> so, so I had that, no chance. You had a language barrier on top. From of another, it. then I have it open for the next night, and it went better. But it was still fucking insane. <laughs> did you do like all? Did like, you do it in Spanish? <laughs> it was a nightmare. But I got. He did some crazy shit during. It was a San Francisco show and a Reno show, and he did some crazy shit on stage that I was like my best bit for years. I talked about it. I did it on Conan. So it was a. Uh, at least it had that going for do it. Do it here. Do it right now. And then we'll no, not. People got to go to my YouTube. Go to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Okay. You did. I did think you were going to tell a story. I was. I, it, you, it the is, way you, you took it. a pause like you were going to do it. I was going to, but I figured, let me try so it's on YouTube. No, but it is the best Julio Iglesias story you'll ever hear. No, I agree. I can't wait to hear it. I used to have to listen to him almost every morning because my mom liked him, Michael Bolton. It just flip flop in the CD changer and the Acura. Um, I, and I, I, I never, uh, I never met him. Two nights I worked with him, I never met him. That that's weird too. Like if worked with him, never met him. How's okay. that? A true. I feel like if you're that big too, you you kind of want to touch all the bases just real quick before the show. Hey, what's up? Or maybe after? I don't know. Cool. Uh, it also took me six months to get the thousand dollars I earned for the two shows combined. Oh, that's the other thing. You oh, you're wow. like, all right, at least this gig sucks, but I'm gonna get paid. Where are you getting paid? They got their shit right on after. Lockdown. They right. know what they're doing. They get payroll out. They got a guy who does it. It's not no, a problem. Dude, Never gonna get a run around. Are, yeah, that is a motherfucker. You you have to wait for so long to get that fucking check. It's it's, like, it's union and distribution commit like that you have to go for five people for before it gets to you, you know? Yeah, um, well, look, I appreciate you uh, uh, coming on kind of, you know, on the fly and sleep deprived from Edmonton. Uh, we ask everybody the first time they're on the show um, this question. What what advice would you give your 13 year old self? Fuck. Oh, my God. That's tough. There you have it. Yeah. Wow. Me too. God. You're out. The, you're out the in the scary, sticks. My 13 year old self. You can go in a, a, in a time machine, I, I, go back, get yourself by the lapels, and go. Ugh. I think I would. The advice I would give myself was: being an athlete is never going to work out. <laughs> being tough is never going to work out. It's not going to matter if you're tough or a good athlete or cool very soon. So just focus on the things that you're good at. Would your thirteen-year-old self listen to you if you said that? Absolutely, absolutely Fuck not. You. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, it, you I'd know, be like, fuck was, time travel, bro. I don't right. give a fuck. Like, I, I tell this story. I've told this story before, but like, and it's a little different since you know the last few years he's had. But when I was a kid, I was really into theater and drama and stuff. And then I hit a point where I was like, oh, that shit's stupid. I want to go to like be into baseball or whatever. I was really young, and my mom was always trying to get me to go to this clown camp that was out in the sticks. This this crazy guy named Wavy Gravy who was the original. <laughs> He was the original MC of the original Woodstock. Uh, so this oh. old hippie clown. And he, and he had this clown camp. Wait, My mom was like, you should go to the clown camp. I'm like, fuck that. I don't be a baseball player. Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I tried to be an athlete. It all kind of failed completely. And then I wound up doing comedy again as I got older. And then I got to L.A. and I found out that a guy who did go to the clown camp was T.J. Miller. Really? <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. It's performing. Wow. Yeah, it's I performing. stuck with it. Yeah, no, I look that that's all that, yeah, I get that's it. Wild. Yeah, I push weird shit like that on my kids all the time. Like, yeah, you don't want that? Right. Okay, I'll try Miller, the, the funniest guy in our generation, and especially at the time when I found that out, I'm mean, the guy who's booking every part that I want to get. TJ Miller, <laughs> that meant, and, and then it, I'm like, oh, I should have got a clown camp. It makes sense, but it makes sense now that I think about it because he he would go, rumor had it, he'd go on at Zany's in Chicago or all around Chicago and just improv an hour, full makeup. No, but he would act out like he would do silly stuff, but he was also very, very uh, smart too. Like just very cerebral, but also would do silly act outs and stuff. That's honestly, yeah. that's interesting. So yeah. I think that would be the advice. Also, um, I don't know. That's probably it. Just don't be such a pussy and just stop being so afraid of, of failure because it'll, it'll, you know. It'll yeah. work out. That's gotta fucking just do it. That's the old man wisdom we like to hear. When you tell that that would be the blunt. Be a fucking pussy. You'd be time traveling on your way to tell yourself, and you'd be like, "I'm just gonna cut this down." I'll fucking whoop them so good. I'm gonna economize this to don't be a pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, well, you, gotta, you gotta make a fifteen. You gotta make a thirteen year old connect to what you're saying. <laughs> you gotta make you gotta a flinch. flinch. Right. Yeah. You move, bitch. Put your boner <laughs> under your belt when you're. Did you guys go to the Jake Paul fight the other day down in Tampa? Um, I know I did not see that. Uh, that huh? No, nah, I mean, it goes, look, there's a lot of things that go on around Florida, uh, that, uh, we got, we both got kids, man. So it's, it's kind of like, Oh, that's right. Nights yeah. are, nights are, uh, tough a lot of the time. Yes. But, uh, we got to get you down here at side splitters. I hope. Yeah, man. I love that guy did not respond to our emails. Keep doing so it. That's good. Keep hitting him up. He has, he, you know what? Uh, we, uh, we just had an episode before with another comic that we recorded, uh, BT uh, at Side Splitters, he actually is very good about answering almost everybody. It just it's going to take a couple times to hit him up. So right. just we'll, keep we'll, following we'll up. Stay, we'll stay on him. We'll stay on. Him. Well, like if there's anything on the business side of this podcast, we talk a lot about a lot. A lot of business is just following up. It's just yeah, no, it's true. It's just true. follow up, no matter what field you're in. So um, thanks for coming on, buddy, and yeah, uh, I hope to yeah, see you down here soon. Thanks, man. JCVD, Jews. Oof, it was fun. We covered it all, baby. We really, we really got it done, guys. Thanks. <laughs> we did it. Figured it out. We're heroes. All right, buddy. See yeah. ya.